The gospel lesson today is from Matthew 5, 21 through 31. I would ask if you please stand in reverence for God's word. And you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever shall say, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Make friends more quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way, in order that your opponent may not deliver you to the judge and the judge to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you shall not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it for you. For it is better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than the whole body to go into hell. And it was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. These are thy words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in thy truth. Thy word is eternal truth. Amen. You may be seated. I want to thank Micah for helping me today with the worship service. Uh, my eyes won't let me handle small print yet. So that was a major help to me today. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As we look at our text today, it's important to remember, first of all, that God loves us. And God does things for our benefit and our blessing. And so when he established the law, it was not to cheat us, out of doing things, but to guide us in the truth that we may walk with him. How would you define the law? What is its purpose? The law tells us the difference between what is right and what is wrong, and Romans 3.20 tells us through the law comes the knowledge of sin, what is wrong. If we didn't have the law, no one wouldn't have any rights. If you didn't have the law, you would have no rights. I could take all your money from you and you couldn't do anything about it because I would not be accountable to the law. The law is there for our benefit 
and blessing. They, the loss not only stops us from doing things that are wrong and harmful to others and against God and to ourselves, but it also gives us the freedoms that we can enjoy. I'm reminded of a story. This is a true story. A pastor friend of mine told me that he was going to take his little girl out for a bike ride. And so they went outside and he lifted her up and put her in the bike seat and got on and started pedaling down the street. He was going along and all of a sudden he thought he better check on his daughter. So he looked back and here she is. She's hanging on to both sides of the bike seat. She had white knuckles and was afraid Dad had forgotten to strap her in. And she was afraid she was going to fall out. Did she enjoy that ride? <laughs> I don't think so. She needed to be strapped in. So Dad stopped the bike, got off, and strapped her into the bike seat. And then she could enjoy the ride as they went down the street. She needed dad to pedal for her yet. But she was safe because of the straps on the bike seat. That's how the law works for us. You know, I sometimes wonder how they used to do it in Montana when they didn't have a speed limit. They said a reasonable speed. What's reasonable? Your reasonables may be different than mine. But I think you'd also be nervous, well, am I reasonable with my speed? I, I don't know. And it would always be a question. But the sign says 75 miles per hour and you drive 75, you don't worry about whether you're speeding or not, you know you're not. And you're fine. The straps gave this little girl the freedom to enjoy the bike ride. And that's the way the law works for us, for our benefit and our blessing, to give us those freedoms. In the verses prior to our text today, in verse 20, Jesus tells the disciples that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'm sure that probably sent feelings of fear through their bodies and minds because the Pharisees and scribes were considered the righteous people of the time, the, the example of how you should live. And now here's Jesus saying, you have to do better than those scribes and the Pharisees. That's a high goal. You see, God not only looks at what you do or don't do, like the scribes and Pharisees, but he looks at their hearts as to why they're doing what they're doing. Why? When Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment of, of the law, Jesus told them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your might. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. 
And he goes on to say, based on these two commandments, is the whole law and the prophets, loving God and loving others. The heart, why we do what we do, what is our motivation? We are called to do things that will please God, not for the purpose of earning God's favor, but to say thank you for the gift of life he has already given us in Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament text, you were called to choose life. Life has chosen us when we have faith in Jesus Christ. Our text shows us that our thoughts and purposes can be harmful to us as much as actual deeds. Thoughts can make us guilty before the law and to be sentenced. Jesus points to the fifth commandment, which says you shall not kill. If you kill someone, you will go to the court and stand accountable and face judgment and be sentenced. But then Jesus goes on to say that everyone who is angry at his brother will be held in judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka or Reka, shall be guilty for the Supreme Court. Now, does the Supreme Court handle speeding tickets? No, they only handle the most serious cases, like abortion, things like that. And here he says that if you are angry with your brother, you will be called before the Supreme Court. That's how serious it is to have a wrong attitude toward our brothers and sisters in Christ. We give the most obedient people in the world, but if our hearts are not right, it condemns us. And so God speaks to us for our own benefit and blessing. Love God first, love your neighbor as yourself. Act according to God's purpose in people's lives. To call someone raka means to call them empty-headed. And whoever calls them a fool should be guilty of enough for the fiery hell. Motives. What's behind our actions or lack of actions? Not doing some things because it would be hurtful to others. It's for their benefit, but it's also for ours. That we allow God to use us as his instruments of uniting the church about him and with one another. This maybe doesn't seem fair to just be going to fiery hell because you call somebody empty-headed or a fool. But if you aren't helping someone, you are guilty of committing the crime. And we fail to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
and it doesn't make any difference if we think the person deserves punishment. God will deal with that. What we're called to do is to forgive and extend our hands to see if we can help them. If they refuse it, that's between them and God. But our conscience will be clear. 1 John 3.15 states that everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Whenever we have hard feelings toward a brother, we are actually harming ourselves. It doesn't mean that they have to be our best friends, but we have to have a charitable spirit of forgiveness. What is the purpose and the goal in life it is, if it is not to bring others to salvation? Anger divides people. It divides them at a time that we need to walk together in Christian fellowship and love. We know that God desires that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not enough to live an outward, obedient life. What are your motives for it? We've all had times when we've been angry at others and even called them fools or empty-headed. So what do we do now? We repent. We repent. We ask God to forgive us. And if we can, with opportunity, we can ask for forgiveness of the person that we offended. First John 1 John 1.9, we heard earlier, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He's righteous to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 23 says that if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, in other words, that they're upset with you, he says, leave your offering there at the altar, go your way and be reconciled first, and then come back and make your offering to God. It's important that you clear the air in your heart before you come into the presence of God. I read about young Danny it was nighttime, and he was upstairs in the bedroom at his mother's knee, and he was praying. And he said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die, and he paused. And mom said, go ahead, Danny, go ahead. You know how it goes. He said, just a minute. And he got up, and he went downstairs and a few minutes later, he came back upstairs to the bedroom and finished his prayer. And mom was a little perturbed with Daniel, you know, stopping in the middle of your prayer to go do something. And she said, why did you stop praying? And he said, well, I had taken a bunch of Ted's wooden soldiers and I put them all on top of their heads. I wanted to see how mad Ted would get, his brother. 
and he decided if, if something happens to me tonight, I don't want Ted to find those soldiers on top of their heads. So he went downstairs, put all the soldiers back in place in a normal stance, and then he went back and finished his prayers. And his mom thought, I wonder how many grown-ups need to go straighten out the wooden soldiers before they continue in their prayers. It's a good question. It's a good question. We can learn a lot from Danny here. Clear the air whenever possible and allow God to unite us as Christians for support, love, and encouragement each and every day. Do you have hard feelings towards someone else? Anger, resentment. Have you hurt someone's feelings? Have you asked for forgiveness? Have you cleared the air? Do what you can to encourage others in their Christian walk. The purpose of the law is for our benefit, your benefit, for the blessing of Christians. You know, there's nothing worse than going through a terrible time all by yourself. A time when we need someone to put their arms around us and say, I care and I'll pray for you. And how encouraging is that when someone says, I will remember you in prayer on this. That's the purpose of the law, to bring us to that understanding. That God might bless us through the law and the gospel, and God can bless others as he works in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Truly, God, open our eyes to things that need to be corrected. Open our hearts to reach out to others, to clear the air. God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the blessings that you give us today and every day. Help us to love you and love one another. In Jesus' name, amen.